you for listening to the Joy for Ministry podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. Today's episode, I get to talk to Rose Stapley and Caitlin Elliott just about some of our favorite moments from season one, some of the things that stuck out to us, that impacted us. And it's just fun because we get to go over the highlights and talk about what's coming down the road for Joy for Ministry. Rose and Caitlin are such a vital part of the Joy for Ministry team. They not only share their heart and they have a passion to care for women, they're also prayer warriors. So I'm so blessed to sit down and have a conversation with them. Thanks for listening. Hey guys. Hi. I am here with Caitlin and Rose. I love you guys. I love you too. (laughs) I'm just putting it out there. You guys have been an inspiration to me and so encouraging. And I just love each of you. So thank you for joining me today. It's an honor. This is so fun. Thank you for asking us back. Any, you guys, you're the team. Like this is us, you know, we have a whole team of women, but you know, Caitlin and Rose, like when I need prayer or somebody needs prayer, you know, we get together, we pray. And so I um, wanted to just have you back and we are going to be wrapping up the podcast season one next week is our last episode for probably until the first of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just wanted to like talk to you guys, talk about what this season has been like for you, um, where you guys are at in ministry. I know that you guys are in different seasons and different spots. Um, so yeah, just thank you for coming back. And so let's just start um, with Rose. Like, where where are you at right now in this COVID world, church wise, family wise, ministry wise? Yeah. So um, uh, my husband is on the executive leadership team at Christ Fellowship Miami, and so he has been really busy with the whole COVID season because he oversees the weekend experience. He oversees everything online, all the like marketing communications, everything creative, all video audio. So that's been a tremendous amount because everything went to online. And so he helps all of the staff who make that happen. It's been beautiful because actually, um, because of COVID, people in our area and all over the world have been really impacted. And then mm-hmm. they've Googled like churches or, you know, coming, they've like, it's just been amazing. And so actually we have met um, and I have people in my small group who have joined our small group and come to church because of COVID and then found our church, found our online um, services and then found out how to join a small group joined and they were part of my small group, which is amazing. Wow. And yeah. then they've come to like a deeper relationship with Christ and they um, are getting baptized at the end of the month, which is oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah. So super amazing. So God has done some beautiful things through COVID, even though it's been really hard and a tremendous amount of time, as far as my husband and his teams go, his staff and his staff members are amazing. Uh, for me, what that's looked like is just been a lot of mentoring. I've been mentoring a lot of different women on his team um, and just supporting them, praying for them, walking through them with this, like at, through these seasons that they're in, in their lives. Um, and then also being a lot of the caretaker at home. Our kids mm. are in person school, but who knows, they could be coming home again. Um, and then I'm doing my entire business virtually for the most part. So yeah, so it's just been 
a lot, but it's been awesome. Yeah. It's really interesting because like for, for your husband, for Ben, like he, this had COVID world has like kicked him into high gear busyness, yeah. mm-hmm. whereas some it's like, you're, you don't have anything to do. So for mm-hmm. him, it, it has made you guys super busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I love what you said, Rose, like that you're caring for, for people on his team. I just think it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just, well, first of all, he has phenomenal staff members, like they are just amazing. And so then um, we've just always had a heart to really love the, everyone who's, who we serve with. And we just want to pastor and mentor and shepherd. And there are some young women, especially who are like new in ministry. And so I'm just like, come on, let's, let's get this going. Like, you know, what are your questions? What are your struggles? Like, let's figure this out together. And even if we have differing like theological opinions, like let's talk about it. I'll give you books to read and let's, let's read them together. Let's discuss them. And even if we come to differing opinions, that's okay. Let's do this together. And it's been really good. I love that. That's awesome. Caitlin, what about you? Yeah. I mean, so we've been in COVID COVID mode for how long now? Like eight months. Ugh, so long. I lost track forever. <laughs> but a long time. So yeah. So my husband is a campus pastor at a large church here in New Jersey. So he is, you know, really busy. Basically someone asked me a few months ago, they were like, uh, so during COVID, like, what did your husband do now? And I was like, well, like pretty much the same thing that he did do. It's just now that it's all on zoom. You know what I mean? Like as a pastor, yeah. he's caring for his team, leading his team, caring for people, leading people, you know, counseling people, having meetings, the whole nine yards. It's just on zoom instead of at a Starbucks, you know what I mean? So, and you know, with COVID it's been ratcheted up because it's like, you know, lots of changes in the way that we do things. So then, you know, Mm -hmm. you're figuring out new ways of leading a team through something. And honestly, like what bigger crisis is there than a global pandemic? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like my husband sort of said at the beginning, um, he was like, this is like what the church is for. You know what I mean? The church is like, really can shine in times of crisis and like what crisis is there than a global pandemic so here we are like dealing with this crisis you know and no one knows how to do it because no one's done this before but you know it's just a lot of that you know phone calls with people and walking with people and sending people care packages and grubhub gift cards when they're sick and so you know what i mean yeah just like what meeting people where they're at and you know what they need. So, um, yeah, Scott's like busy with that talking away on his zoom calls, like hours a day. And I'm trying not to like scream at my children in the background so that people don't (laughs) think I'm like a psycho, but you know, (laughs) I haven't been a hundred percent successful with that. Do you guys feel like there's different struggles in ministry in this new way of doing things in these new world? Like, have you seen different things pop up that you were like, oh, that surprised me? Yes. 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 I feel like, you know, certain things, like there's a lot of people that have just kind of like fallen out of church, right? Like they're like, ah, I'll go when church is back. Like, I'm not going to watch it online. I'm not going to have my kid participate and, you know, watch the kids video thing. Like we'll just go when things are back to normal, quote unquote, normal. When, when is that? And what is that going to be? Yeah. You know what I mean? So 
that's a definitely a big change I think is that it's just like there's a lot of people that have just kind of like fallen out of church you know what I mean right yeah yes I think so too um I know Ben and I were, Ben and I were talking about this because we're like that's a like right that's a huge thing mm-hmm. um and it sort of shows you I think because Ben is Canadian and so he is like I sort of felt like this is coming because mm-hmm. it's the, de- he has called it the death of cultural Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like you go to church out of your culture. Like, this is what we're all doing. Like, okay, we're going. And then you're like, Oh, I have the option not to. Okay. Yes. And so, um, so then it's like really showing like, okay, as believers, we mm-hmm. have an opportunity to really reach people who are hurting and in need. But then also it's showing us like, Oh, actually there were less people like, invested than we thought this is good for us to know and then how we can like minister moving forward um and and he as a canadian was not a surprise because canada sort of reached that point earlier than america did Mm. um and it's good for us ministering in this context to know like like who we're reaching and and who like where people are mentally emotionally like with with christianity and like how does how does a relationship with jesus like bridge Mm -hmm. that and like bring love into those areas uh, so that's one thing. The second thing for us is just like the, the lack of boundaries, because now that like so much is happening from home, oh it's gosh. like, what is home anymore? Yeah. It's, it's totally. office, it's studio for me, it's yeah. school. And like, and then you're trying to find like a room with a closed door that you can yeah. do a zoom call. And you're like, ah, <laughs> so, right. And like trying to set up boundaries have the first couple of months were like insane. And then we just yeah. said, okay, like you need to put away your phone and close mm-hmm. your laptop after a certain time. Like there is no more reaching you, even yeah. though we're all like working from home all right. the time. Yeah. So yeah. let's pretend you actually came home from the office today and close that laptop and shut off that phone and be like, your day is done. Yeah. You know? So that was hard. That was like a thing we had to go through too, is that I felt like Scott, like, because, and I'm sure it's similar with your husband's, like their schedule as a pastor is not so nine to five, right? Right. Like sometimes he has a super early meeting, a night meeting in the middle, like it's weird, right? So there would be times though, where he was kind of like, he'd be down for a meeting. He'd pop back up to grab a cup of coffee, say hi to the girls, go back down, come back up, go back down, come up. And I felt like every time he came up, it like threw off the groove I had with the kids. Like, you know what I mean? They'd be like, daddy. And then he'd go yeah. back upstairs and they were like, no. And so finally I had to be like, I love you, but like, you're not welcome on the main floor of the home <laughs> like during the day. Yeah. Like you need to go downstairs. At a, and I was like, it, I know that you can't control this a hundred percent, but as best as you can to like make your day like a normal person's work day, please. Like. And yeah. so like, we've had to just even work that kind of stuff out. You know what I mean? With like, whoever thought that you'd be like telling your husband, you're not allowed to come up for coffee. Like I was like, I will buy you a coffee maker <laughs> for the basement. You cannot come up. Like, no, that makes sense. Everything up and the kids are like freaking out. Like, yeah. you can't do this. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I feel like for me, I, I'm so computered out <sighs> that I'm like screens. So I'm like, when I see people in church, I like to care for them. And through the week, I'll reach out to them. Now it's like, I don't see them in church. I don't know how they're doing. And the last thing I want is to be sitting in front of my device. I'm like, you know what I mean? So I'm just, I struggle with 
the ministry aspect and reaching mm-hmm. people. And I'm like, I want to do that so badly, but it's changed the way it looks. I don't know how to do it anymore, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the right way. And so I just keep saying like, I just want this to end, but I'm like, what will it look like when we go back? And, you know, so that's hard. And I hear that from a lot of people, like they're so sick of the screens, yeah. even our small group. Like sometimes they'll come on, they'll be like, you know, that we love you when we're coming back to the computer at seven 30 at night, Seriously, and, you know, so finding a new way to like care for people right now, it's, yeah. it's hard. It is. It is hard. The screens yeah. are there. Like, thank God for technology that we could still be connected, mm-hmm. but like at the same time, it's, it is, it is exhausting. Yeah. And also like, we're all walking through this. So like, you know, Caitlin and Rose, like you have your own thing going on. And, and so, you know, ministry is like something that, you know, we do, we're passionate about it. We're pastors, wives, we're women in ministry, but we all are, are in a pandemic. We're all struggling, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's hard sometimes like caring for people in this world of like, Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted. I'm, I need care mm. right now. And that, I don't know for you guys, but that has also been a challenge Absolutely, for me as yeah. well. Totally. 100%. So it's draining. let's talk about just this past season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we kind of talked about where we're at right now. Let's talk, let's look back a little at some of the episodes, past episodes, and what are some highlights to you guys that that stood out, some things that made a difference to you, um, you know, that, that impacted you throughout the season. I know for me, I, I love the Scott McKnight, uh, episode. I really loved it. Um, when you sent me the other interviews that he had done and the other podcasts that he had been on and he and his daughter, um, uh, Laura Berenger, uh, like, and I, like I follow them on social media and then like, I'm, I can't wait to read the book. And, um, I just thought that like your interview with them was phenomenal. Mm. Um, and how they spoke was so respectful Mm. and so, um, like full of research and so full of, and it was personal and authentic, but yet it like shed light on truth that needs to be spoken about. And I just thought that was incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was so fun. And I, I mean, you guys were right a, along with me. I had reached out to Laura Barringer mm-hmm. and she said she would be on the podcast. I was delighted um, because, you know, Jason and I were just so interested in reading this book. And then she's like, yeah, my dad is going to join us. And I think <laughs> When I read that, like in our, her message, I think I like threw my phone across the room and like screamed, (laughs) but it was so good. Like you're right, Rose. They were just so respectful. They were so down to earth Mm. and they inspired me to tell my story because Mm -hmm. they didn't hold back. They were like, this is the truth. This is our story. And I'm like, wait, I can tell my story too. Like Mm -hmm. there doesn't have to be hiding or shame. Oh, you have to Mm -hmm. tiptoe. So they, Mm -hmm. they were a lot of fun to have on for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And such a great and, book. 
And for listeners who are like are not caught up on like all of the podcast episodes, if you want, if you go back and listen to that episode, it's about um, it's a their book coming out is called a church called Tove, right? Tove, is yes. that how you pronounce I'll, it? I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, and um, and it's all about like the recent occurrences of truth coming out about like the Church Two movement of like women telling the truth about uh, the abuse of power like what pastors have done with the abuse of power towards them and how churches have covered it up. And I think I've told you, Joy, before that I have had my own experience with this, um, where I was like sexually harassed by a uh, elder and I happened to be working for him at the time and I was super young and and I went to my pastor because he was on the elder board Mm -hmm. of our church and I shared it with the pastor, like, hey, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, you're probably just misunderstanding it. Oh. And I was like, like, like I, I've been so sick to go to work because I'm terrified of the man. And he makes me feel so awful, um, which now after I've done like my master's degree in counseling, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he was a predator. Oh, okay. okay. That's why I felt that way. I felt like a piece yeah. of prey because I was um, and like, praise God that nothing else um, happened besides like the emotional and verbal aspect of it. But, um, but I literally lost like a, like 30 pounds because I kept oh. getting sick in the wow, work bathroom oh. and I kept going to the pastor and then I, and then he sent me to another elder wow. and all these men just covered it up oh. and they did nothing wow. about it. Rose. And like, and, and so then hearing like all this book, I cannot wait for it. Right. Yeah. Because I'm like, this has got to, this is inappropriate. Yeah. And, and it's not gossip. Like I love what they said, right. Laura Berenger shared a quote. It's not gossip. Right. To be sharing the truth to mm. be helping like her quote is so much better than I'm butchering it, but it's not gossip and it's not right. wrong. You need to share the truth right. so yeah. that the victims can, can, can heal and that the justice can happen and the wrong can be stopped. And so I just like, that's so incredibly powerful. It's so good. It it was so good. And I thought I too, what really struck me is that things that are taken from the Bible, things that are true, but they're used to kind of like keep people silent. And, and Rosa, you even helped me like even in my you know, job outside of the church, like saying to me, like, no, what you're going through isn't right. Cause you know, going through some things at work. And, um, when we keep these things to ourselves, like you have a yeah. story, Rose, like such mm-hmm. a great story. Like when you keep these to ourselves, that that's a whole point of joy for ministry is like, let's mm-hmm. talk about it so that other people can go, Oh, I don't have to go through this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm not alone. Absolutely. Right. I think that that's so it's the church to movement. Like you said, Rose, like it's so tough because mm-hmm. it's so easy for people to throw at you. Like, don't be a gossip. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or like, you don't want to tear down someone in leadership at church. Cause that's going to make Christians look bad or something yep. like that. And it's like, it's very psychological, right? Like where yes. it's, it, you feel like, Oh, like, even though this wrong thing was done to me, if I say anything about it, then I'm sinning because I'm right. gossiping. And like that, in my opinion, that's like spiritual abuse then when people it is things like that to yeah, you. It Plus, is. That's wrong. Like if you have been a victim, if something has happened to you, it's your story to tell. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's, is, I absolutely. love one of the other, um, Amy James talks about, she was episode six. She talks about telling her story. 
and how she wished her story was different for so long. Like I mm-hmm. wished I had a different story to tell, but then realizing like, this is my story. And that yes. when we tell our stories, like there's so much power in that. And what I love about Amy James is not only does she want to tell her story, she loves hearing other people's stories. Like that's yeah. a huge part of her ministry. Like she's mm-hmm. a pastor's wife, but she, um, you know, she's in ministry. She speaks at Bible studies. She ministers to women and she loves hearing their stories. And she inspired me to be like, we have a story we need to tell mm-hmm. it, even though we might, we want it to look different. Like, I don't yeah. want this to be my story. I want something, right. but no, God gave us our story to tell. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yep. And shame, like, and, and I think like when uh, Caitlin was just saying is about spiritual abuse, like a lot of it deals with shame and shame causes you to hide, mm-hmm. causes you to hide from others. And it causes you to hide uh, and eventually hide from God where God never like uses shame. Right. Like he'll right. allow the guilt of our sin, but even, even with that, like it draws us towards him and draws us towards repentance and all of that. So like when other people start using shame, it's like mm-hmm. a red flag. Cause then you're like, Oh, there's something here that right. they want to hide and yeah. they're forcing me to hide. Right. I'm not going to hide because right. in honesty and an appropriate honesty, like brings healing and justice and like, you know, I was thinking through my own story when like um, Laura Berenger was speaking and Scott McKnight. And I was like, yeah, like I was, I didn't want to be a gossip. So I went to the pastor who oversaw right. the elder board. Yeah. I didn't talk to other people about it. Yeah, right. I went to the pastor and he like should have been like, all right, let's, let's mm-hmm. talk about this. Let's get this figured out. And like, let's set up accountability and like, you know, like let's help what, what can we do to Absolutely. help you heal? I'll get, I'll get you connected to women in the church to help you heal. You know, later I ended up having to go to like a lot of counseling for it, which I'm glad I did. And then eventually later on, Ben and I went through counseling just for ministry stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, we read the awesome book, which has been mentioned, mentioned before joy. Uh, um, oh, oh man, my mind went blank. Uh, healthy spirituality or right. Is that like emotionally healthy spirituality? Yeah, is yeah, that what it is? That. Okay. I think so. Uh, such a good book. Anyways, if I can get the title right, maybe it, I'll look it up and I'll send it to you. Yeah, look it, the, it up because I'll put it in the show notes. And I've actually seen I, your show notes before. Oh, it has? Yeah. Um, who, who, uh, the one episode on, um, minister, like ministering to women in ministry, like other, other women in ministry, like okay. that was one of the, uh, yeah, emotionally healthy spirituality. That's okay. really good. Awesome. I don't, I've, I haven't read that. I have to read that now. Yeah. I think it's so good. It's so, you know, we're, and some other things that like Scott McKnight has said in his blogs and stuff, like if a church is asking you to sign an NDA, like that's a red flag. Like we want to expose things. We don't want to hide them and like tuck them away, you know, and just things like that, that I'm just, I was so like, wait, it's okay to say this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay to say we shouldn't sign NDAs. Right. You know, I like same thing. Like we need to be quiet. We need to, um, and of course you want to be disciplined. You want to be careful what you say. You want to do it with the right heart. But when you're trying to hush things up and, you Mm -hmm. know, like you said, Rose, like speaking truth, like that Mm -hmm. takes away the shame, you Mm know? So that's so good. I, I love certain highlights from you guys, like your your episodes, like Caitlin, you talking about, I think when you said this, I had that moment of like, 
how we can really encourage other women. You talked about how most people are for you. Mm. And I remember saying to Jason, like, I want to talk more about the good. I'm always saying like, let's talk about the truth and the hard things. So, mm. you know, but then when you said that, Caitlin, it was like an episode four, it was like one of the first ones I was like, wow, like, yes, there is good. And we need to highlight that. And that yeah. was so encouraging to me. Oh, and Rose, some, a highlight from yours was when you talk about your identity. Mm. And I know like later we're going to talk about like things that we want to see more of. You mm. were so encouraging talking about your identity isn't in the church mm. and being who you are, you know, in the Lord and how important that is. And that's something I really want to touch on in season two, because mm. I think that's a huge thing talking about our identity and being who we are, um, as we serve in ministry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Caitlin, what was your favorite episode? I'm curious. So Lindsay white was my favorite. I, I loved like, so she was a two-parter, right? Mm -hmm. yes. I really loved her because first of all, I just felt like she was like very real, funny, casual. Like I just enjoyed listening to her talk, but I just thought that her story was so powerful. You know, she talked about how she has literally been in ministry since she was a fetus. Like she was like, my yeah. father was in seminary. Like when my mom was pregnant with me or what, you know what I mean? She's like, so I was yeah. a pastor's kid my entire life. And then my husband and I got married, we became youth pastors, and then he became the senior pastor. And so she's been a pastor's wife for 20 years. Wow. And yeah. she was just sharing about, you know, how even though she had a ton of ministry experience, there were still so many aspects of being a pastor's wife that just kind of like knocked her upside the head that she never could have been prepared for. But I think the most powerful part of her interview was just that she was so open and unashamed about mm -hmm. the fact that she battles anxiety and depression and has been on medication for it. And it's like, sounds so simple and like not a big deal, but that can be a really hard thing to share in any kind of circle, but in certain Christian circles, that's hard, right? Because right. there's a lot of people that feel like if you just like pray on it enough, like your anxiety and depression will be healed. And I am not trying to say that like prayer is useless or we shouldn't, you know, right come to God with our struggles. But like for someone like me hearing her share that it was so freeing for me because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm currently taking medication for anxiety and I, you know, have been in counseling for a lot of years and I have been working through a lot of different mental health things. Right. And I, for some reason have never, ever, ever had trouble sharing with people like, Oh yeah. Like I go to counseling for whatever reason, I never felt like weird about that because I felt like, hello, like it's 2020, like, you know, like people go to counseling. This is good. You're supposed to learn about yourself, whatever. But I have felt funny in certain circles openly admitting like, oh yeah, like I'm on medication because I do feel like there are people that would think like, Ooh, really? Mm -hmm. Like is it that bad though? Like, do you really, I don't know. Like, did you pray enough? Like, did you like, really, did you try hard enough? Or, um, even just certain people that are just kind of like against all medication in general, you know what I mean? Right. Like, certainly they're not going to be for like you taking anxiety medication. Like, you know what I mean? So for me hearing her episode, I just thought like, this is awesome. Like this is mm -hmm. a woman who has been in ministry 
forever. She's been a pastor's wife for 20 years and she's openly admitting on this platform, like, yeah, I've battled depression and anxiety and medication has really helped me. And here are my, you know, like here's things that, how it helped me and whatever. And I just feel like that's so empowering. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, if you're having an issue, just go get some medicine. It's like happy pills. It's going to make you feel better. Obviously not. There's so much more to it than that, but that's so awesome for her to go on and just be able to be so open and just be such an open book about it because it helps people, I think, feel like they're not alone, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and they don't have to be afraid. And there's other people that struggle in the ways that they struggle. And I think it's just so powerful to help bring people together, you know? Yeah. She was so good. And I've, I've had actually a lot of people reach out and just say how much they appreciated her story in that episode, because she literally said to me, ask me anything. And she's that type of person. I think I said this to Caitlin, like you guys would be friends because she's just a Jersey girl. She's like you a talker. She says it like it is. She's funny. And she was like, I don't want to hide anything. Like I want to help people. And at the end, when she asked if she could pray for the people listening, I was like, it, it was so good. And just the humor that she interjected, like hiding in the boiler room closet. Yes. (laughs) I was like, I can totally relate. I, I seek out hiding places in church. I loved that. She was like, all pastors wives know that, you know, there's just those certain places where you just hide on a Sunday. (laughs) Like like every woman listening was like nodding. Like, "Mm, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, sister. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't thought of the boiler room closet, but now I'm going. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. I told her she has. God has more for her in using her story. Certainly does. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah. There was, uh, honestly, I loved everyone. Sam Reed, how I think that she is so powerful in talking about how she tried to be somebody else for the first few years and how she realized like, this is exhausting. I can't do this anymore. And she was like, this is me. Take it or leave it. Mm. That was so powerful. Jen Howitt, you know, she has a great ministry for soul care. And I actually, I had people, um, in my church come up to me and say, boy, that Jen Howitt, you know, that Mm. was so good about like, Mm. I I can care for myself. Yeah. That's powerful. I love Christine Birch. Oh yes. I know Christine is a favorite, obviously not going to lie when we, anyways, we overlapped a little bit with them at, um, at a church and we were like, I hope, I hope, Oh, they are moving on. Oh, they're going to Canada back to the the motherland. Heartbroken, (laughs) But yet at the same time, like just anytime I hear her speak or like, Mm -hmm. uh, she's just such an, like so encouraging, such Mm -hmm. a mentor all the time. Yes. Um, and the two, like she and her husband are just, they've been in, incredible in our lives. Um, just, you know, Rich has really been a mentor to Ben mm-hmm. and just, they are, they are like people that were like, you know, you ask your, yourself that question, like, what would Jesus do? The next question is like, what would Rich and Christine do? Like, yeah. because yeah. <laughs> especially in ministry, I just feel like they have handled things with such dignity and grace and yes. honor mm-hmm. and, um, just have always like like really sought to bless other people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just really appreciated her interview. Yeah. She was good. I love what she said about getting her kids involved in other things outside of just their church awesome. youth group. I was like, yes, totally. Yes. You know, and, and rich, like, I think I've, I don't know if I've said this before, but like when, you know, my husband went through his forced termination, 
I mean, you don't realize like you have nobody like you leave and your community of people is gone. And, you know, obviously like he had, you know, Caitlin, he had Scott and other people that had prayed for him and just helped him through and rich didn't even have to do that. And he reached out to him time and time again. And I said to Jason, I want to be that. I want us to be that for other people. Uh, I want to be a rich birch for other people because he, Jason, even like one Sunday, he's, you know, he got a new position, a new church and he's sitting there and rich would text him like rooting you on. And I'm just, you don't know how, how amazing that is when you walk through something like that. Totally. I think what you were saying before, Joy, like focusing on the good, like I feel like obviously they've seen a lot of difficult things in ministry and mm-hmm. and they are like on, honest and authentic when it, you know, and tell you the truth about things when it's appropriate. And, but at the same time, like, I feel like they are literally filled with like joy and purpose yeah. and yeah. vision. And so it fuels them forward. And mm-hmm. that's what like Ben and I have said, we're like, we want to be that. Yeah. Like, let's keep looking for the good. Um, and, and that's the whole point joy of your ministry of, of this ministry of joy for ministry, because it's like, yeah, let's be honest about the struggles, but you can yeah. really thrive. You know, yes. God's called you to this ministry. You know, you're in it on purpose. Like let's mm-hmm. keep looking for the good and like really celebrating. And then it feels like you're living this life of purpose and vision and celebration totally. instead of like uh, drudge, yep. you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. They do it with such grace and like they're real, Mm -hmm. but like even talking to Christine, like she's real, but she just sees, she has like a heart for ministry and she Mm -hmm. sees the good and she, you know, yeah, they just genuinely have a positive outlook, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another, another one that I loved was Jennifer street. She was a two parter and she, had been through her and her husband had been through forced termination. She is working through her doctorate Mm -hmm. in, uh, counseling and like, she's just Mm -hmm. amazing, but she helps other couples in ministry walk through this forced termination. She was so good. Like Mm -hmm. just in, in talking, not only from her own experience, but what you can expect in that and how to help others walk through mm-hmm. that. And I thought that is so beneficial to people who you don't know it's coming mm-hmm. and then it happens. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she just had so many great things. It was, it was a, just a really great season. I think. Absolutely. I think so. Sam Reed, who said, this is going to seem like a small thing, but it really stuck out to me just because I have small kids, how she was saying that, you know, she learned at first, like with her kids, she would try and make them be like really social and really outgoing and like make sure that you give this guy a hug if he wants to give you a hug or like, oh, this person like is asking you about like your day at school, make sure you talk all about it and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, and I got to a point where I realized like my child is like more introverted and just like quiet and I'm going to teach her to make, to be polite always but like just because you're the pastor's kid you don't have to be like right wanting the spotlight wanting a ton of attention best friends with everyone hugging everyone like if you don't want to do that you don't have to do that you have to be polite but like beyond that and I thought to myself like I have to remember that because like my kids are so young I have a four-year-old and 
a one-year-old, you know what I mean? And that's easy for me to just be like, you know, just kind of naturally assuming like, well, you guys are pastor's kids. You just have to make sure that you're like super bubbly, super outgoing, super talkative. And it's like, Hey, if they end up not being natural extroverts, that's okay. Like that's not in the Bible (laughs) that you have to be extroverted (laughs) if you're a pastor's child. You know what I mean? Like polite and that's okay. And I thought that that was like so awesome when she was talking about that. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's such good advice to just yeah. Remember, like, I, I never really thought about that, you know, mm. just like, let your children like be who they are, you know? Yeah. From, uh, so we, I, we walked through that when our kids were really young, they're yeah. still young, but they're a little bit like they're in the middle young age. I don't know. They're a little bit older, <laughs> they're five and eight now, but they're not like the two and four kind of thing where you're like really pushing a lot of like learning on them, like behavioral right. learning. And, um, I, I had already finished my master's in counseling and I was doing Christian counseling at the time. And, and I was like, you know, I've gone through all these classes and I've been, I started working with a lot of different clients where you can see in certain settings, if you keep telling your kids, anyone is allowed to talk to you. And because you, you it's the right thing to do to give them that hug and all that kind of stuff is actually setting your child up for a lack of understanding of appropriate boundaries. Mm. So for me and my husband, we're like, yeah, we're going to do like, again, what Sam said, we're going to teach them to be polite, Mm -hmm. but we are not ever going to force them to interact with someone they don't know. Which is hard in ministry. They might be known by that person, but if they do not know that person, they do not need to interact with them. Right. And so so we told our kids like, be polite. Yes. And like, look in their eyes and say, hello. Yeah. And answer appropriate questions to the level that you know them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. otherwise, I, any person needs to earn your respect. Mm-hmm. And here's yeah. the deal. Someone who really loves your family and really respects your family will respect that child for doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they feel offended that that kid didn't give me a hug, then mm-hmm. they're in it for themselves. Yeah. And like, you're like, yeah. My kid is not but you might, gratify you. And you might get that, you might get the hit for that, Rose. Like mm-hmm. you, there yeah. might be, and I, I feel like I remember you we saying this. You did. I remember you telling me like, like people were kind of upset that your kids yeah. were being a certain way. And you were like, so I like, I so respect you and Ben because you're like, you know, yeah. oh, you take it. Yeah. Okay. I, I would rather take the hit for my kid than my kid being set up for something unhealthy later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there was one person that was always trying to like, um, like bring them into their office, like with like food and candy. And I was like, yeah, you're teaching them something completely inappropriate. If you don't have a relationship with my child, they're not going in your office. Like that's up to you to build the relationship. And that takes time and effort and trust. And, but I don't want my kid going anywhere for a piece of candy. Like I'll give them candy at home. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know, that's, we say that, like, don't get into a car with a stranger giving totally. you candy. But when you're at church, I mean, don't, it's not don't a do church. church either. Yeah. Yeah. Like do whatever at the church. And you're like, no, and that's totally true. My husband had to, um, one time there was like a situation that was going on and, um, he had to pull aside like the, some of the children's like workers and say like, Hey, please never let anybody pick up our kid out of childcare, even if like, you know, that we know them and our yeah. kid knows them and what, like, because that's a temptation too. And I'm, they never did that, of course. And they were like, Oh, of course, Pastor Scott, like we would never, and we knew that they would never. But the point is like, 
he still even felt like I just have to like reiterate this because like sometimes safety. Totally. Like sometimes there just becomes like this feeling of like, oh, it's like the password kids. We all know them. We all love them. It's fine. They know us. No, they know us. Like Scott and Caitlin know, but it's like, look, there's a lot of strangers in and out of this building on a Sunday. You know what I mean? And just because like, you know, my kid's name or whatever, it's like, they can't pick you up out of the right. So. And, and that's what I, I love about this is like, like, every, like you guys saying these things, like, I feel like I learned so much from you, yeah. you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that too. Right. Yeah. I want to give a caveat. Like, I don't want to like terrify people and scare people. Like okay. I, you know, I've counseled, right. So like I've heard the horror story. Yeah. So like, and I'm not saying everyone in the world and everyone who comes to church is a terrible person. I'm like, I'm not saying that. I just want to say like, for us, we have learned to draw appropriate boundaries and teach our children respect and being polite versus earning a relationship and the difference of that, especially because our kids are introverts. Um, and mm-hmm. so, and that's just something that has been personally important to us, but like for people who are listening and like, I don't know, I hope they didn't, you know, I don't want to take this the wrong way. Like I'm I didn't terrified think of people. Not, no, are, no, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Like, hey, safety is important no matter where you are, whether it's at yeah. a church or at a mall. But even like taking yeah. it further still is like safety is one thing, but also not feeling embarrassed by your child. Yeah. Knowing yeah. like just because you are in ministry, like I, you know, I have a son that's 17 that's highly introverted. I have another one that, you know, literally he's very sensitive to everything. So he will tell you if you smell funny. Like he's just very, you know, and knowing like like these are kids, like it's okay mm-hmm. if, if they're not going to talk to you. I'm not going to be embarrassed if he mm-hmm. goes up and says something yeah. to you. You know, I feel like as pastors, as, as women in ministry, um, we want our kid to sometimes everybody to accept them and to, for them to look a certain way and say, no, my kid is highly introverted. He doesn't want to come up from his room to spend an hour yeah. with you. He's going to say hello. He's going to go back downstairs and just mm-hmm. standing firm and like, I'm confident in my kids. I'm going to let them be them. Yeah. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Because they're your first ministry, you know? Yes. Yeah. <gasps> and like, that's something else that's so great um, that Lindsay said was, we don't want to sacrifice our kids on the altar of ministry. Yeah. Yes. And Rose, you have said this so much too about boundaries for your kids. Like yeah, it's not, it's not ministry and then them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our kids actually like specifically asked me to step out of like, cause I was worship leading a lot and then I was offered different positions to be a worship leader. And I, my kids asked me to say, no, they're like, we, we want to go to church with you. We want to be with you. We don't want to be with a babysitter and then a children's ministry for hours on end every weekend. And I was like, I got to listen to that. Like, I want them to love children's ministry and like their friends and and not resent it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was hard for me. Like I felt like I really sacrificed, but then I was like, yeah, but at the end of my life, like no one's going to be like, you are a great worship leader, but my kids are going to be at my deathbed being like, you know what I mean? I want their feedback and I want it to be like, thanks mom for being with us. Like, yeah, because they're our first ministry. That's so true. Absolutely. So good. Mm -hmm. So I'm totally going to put you guys on the spot. We mm-hmm. talked about some great highlights. What's something you want to see more of? Like what's something that you want to talk about more in the podcast or see more in the ministry or, um, you know, just bring to light? It's a great question. 
I, I've been loving the stories and I've been loving yeah. the interviews. And yeah. like, uh, I know that that might just be like continuing with it, but like hearing different women's stories has been powerful mm -hmm. and hearing like, even when it's been a woman in ministry, like a woman who was a pastor, like, I felt like that was really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or like, just because like, sometimes people are like, get friends outside of the church. And then other people are like, have friends in the church. Like, it's just yeah, great crazy. Like the options yep. available. Yes. <laughs> And that's what I love about, like, you know, there's so many different, and I think Caitlin, I said this in our, our interview, which is going to air next week. Um, there's so, what I've learned is there's so many different positions at so yeah. many different kinds of churches and so many different roles yeah. that, you know, and you can have the exact same role, just a different church. And one, like mm -hmm. you said, Rose, one person says no friends in church. The other, you know, woman in ministry says my best friends are in church, Yeah, but it's great to hear the different voices and you know, I, I only know one thing and Caitlin and Rose, you guys on it. So when you bring all these voices out, it's like, wow, totally. there's so much more to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just think like, this is a cop-out answer, but yeah, just like more stories from real women, you know? And that means like the hard times and the good times. Like I, mm -hmm. I want to hear about like your high highs in ministry, you know what I mean? And, and whether that's you being a pastor, your husband being a pastor, you're a missionary, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, just like, what are some high highs, but also like, what were your really dark times and how did you get through it? You know? And I just think that that's, it's just so powerful to hear people's yeah. stories. And then if you ever want to like throw in something more lighthearted, you could also ask your funniest memories. of Oh, ministry. that would be such <laughs> a good episode. Oh, I'm totally going to do that now. My husband one time did come wrapped as a present. <laughs> Like it was like the fun, like we were doing Christmas Eve and I was like, what? Anyways, it was really funny. Oh, so, that's so awesome. So much wrapping paper, but it was hilarious. That's awesome. See, I love, that's a, that's a great thing I'm going to add in there. And I think I was saying this to you, Caitlin, before we recorded that I love having just the woman down the road, mm -hmm. just the, they have so many great things to say. Yeah you know, at like giving a voice to the person that just adds so much value and, ha you know, tells their story and has those things that, you know, that we need to hear. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So send us an email. If you are a woman in ministry, a pastor's wife, a pastor, and you have something great to say, or just nothing great to say at all. And you just, you know, you have some things that you've walked through that you want to tell your story. We would love to hear from you joyforministry at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. So we are going to kind of close out. What's something maybe that you guys are walking through right now? Um, I'll kind of give you an example. I'll start. Like I was, I was talking about my identity, wanting to kind of, I'm struggling with really focusing on my identity and who Christ says I am and really believing that I feel like sometimes it's so easy for me to say it to other women, but really believing it for myself and memorizing it and knowing it and walking in it and walking in it with power. Like mm -hmm. that's something I want. I feel like I'm struggling with is, is my identity, who I am in Christ and, and living that out instead of being like, you know, oh, I'm the, I know I'm this, but really being strong in it. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. awesome. 
on a more like less spiritual note, something that I'm walking through is that I still, I, I still consider myself like a new mom, you know, my oldest just turned four and I am still trying to find my place where it's like on a Sunday. Now, granted COVID looks different, right? But typical Sunday, how much should I be volunteering versus just being with my kids? Cause like Sundays are really hard. Like Scott's gone before we wake up in the morning and he's working, you know what I mean? So I'm like kind of single momming it on a Sunday. So it's like, okay, do I just kind of like take this season and not volunteer at all and just be with my kids? Or do I do something outside of a Sunday? Or do I do a little bit on Sundays, sometimes on a Sunday? And that, you know what I mean? Like, it's been hard for me to find that like groove of what's too much for my kids, but I do want them to see me volunteering, but I don't want them to feel like they're at church for a thousand hours on a Sunday yeah. and then that leads to meltdowns and then I'm crying too. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't want church to be miserable for myself mm -hmm. and the girls, but I do want my girls to see me volunteering and being involved. And so that has definitely been tricky for me. You know, I haven't yeah. found like a really good settled yeah. place with that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, what kind of works for me, what works for my kids and things like that. So that's kind of something that I'm currently walking through. Yeah. Walking you know? through, right. Sure. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I remember walking through that stage. Mm. I think the age, those ages are particularly unique because they still have so much need. Yes. There's of, like naps and who's hungry and it, you know, it's like, uh, yes, the yeah. timing of everything is yes. important. And then the meltdowns are big mm -hmm. and loud and yes. know, visible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a lot to work through. It's like the phase of just being so scared. Your kid's going to flip out at any moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, ah, who's about to yell? Ah, like, and you're just like, Make it stop. Make and it you stop. can't compare yourself to anybody else. You can't yes. look at me, like you can't look at yeah. me or Rose because we're in different, you yeah. have to find for yourself and work works right. for you. And don't look at the other pastor's wife down the road and go, well, she's involved in everything. Yeah. She's not you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. I know some women who are involved in tons of stuff. Some pastor's wives who are like able to do so much and they have four kids. I'm like, that's, that's incredible, but you know what? I, it's not me. So yeah. we, we find the balance for us and yeah. yeah. And yeah. Right. And then it, it'll change the next season. Then you, you do different things. Exactly. So, I love that. Yeah. It's always um, changing. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying, Caitlin, and I don't have an answer for you, <laughs> but I'll pray <laughs> that God you can shows you. Yes. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> agreed. Oh man. But I do remember like going to church with like so much food packed and the diaper oh, bag gosh. and all that stuff and like Thousands extra changes of, of underwear and like oh. all the clothing and just being like, when will this stop? And then yeah. now just like saying, let's leave. And they put their shoes on. I'm like, this is amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. I really, I, that it, it's such a thing. Like, you know, getting, you're putting them both in their car seats, strapping them in, who's screaming. Then I'm driving and someone like drops their doll in the crevice and they want me to get it. And I'm like, I'm driving, you know, it's like a whole, you're just like, and by the time you get to church, you're sweating. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Every someone's half dressed already. Like, how'd you get that off in the middle of the car seat with your? Oh, yeah, what? absolutely. I'm like, how did you get your tights off? You're strapped into a car seat. I don't even know how you could have done that. What did? What is, yeah. It is so crazy. And then honestly, I know that like my turn is over. But just to add on to that, I, because this just popped into my head now with COVID, like services are. My church is meeting in person again on Sundays. 
But for someone like me, with a two-year-old, there's no childcare. And so that's mm. been another thing that's been hard for me is that I'm like, okay, I'm the pastor's wife. I should really be there on Sunday. But then I'm like, how am I having my two-year-old sit through an hour service quietly? Mm-hmm. Like, she's not going to do that. Like, how, uh, that's just going to be more distracting to other people. So am I really going to like load up my two kids, get there, and then be just chasing them around outside the whole time anyway? Ugh. Like, shouldn't I just watch online? But then does that look bad because I'm the pastor's wife? It's like this whole mental thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's not I fun. No, that's tough. Yeah. That's not, that's, that's hard. Yeah. What are you going to do? You could try it, sit in the back row and then be like, exit stage left. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and now we're gone. College try. Yeah. And <laughs> gone. The goldfish are gone and so are we. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, man. That's tough. I'm so remembering Caitlin's story. I totally forgot the question. Oh. <laughs> I was like, let's keep talking. So what is something day. you are walking through <laughs> right now with the Lord? Okay. So something I'm personally walking through is um, uh, I've been really struggling with my health. I have a very severe chronic pain condition and it um, has been really impacting all of my life. And I'm just at a stage of my journey with this condition. Uh, you know, just, it's not curable. It's, mm. it, it, it's going to continue to decline. And so just that has been a bit of a, a mourning process for me. And then in light of that, how do we do life well? And just talking mm. seriously with my husband and, and, you know, him saying like what he's been wrestling through, like the reality of like, I'm going to, you know, prayer, prayerfully not like we believe God is a God of miracles, but, and we have done so many prayer services and, you know, all of the miraculous healing rooms and all of the laying of hands and oil and everything. And, um, and like, we believe that God can instantaneously say yes, but in the meantime, until he does, like how to, what's this life look like mm. and just the reality of my condition. And, um, my husband just saying like, I don't know, like if you're going to be able to work next year and if you're going to be able to be physically involved. And so what does that look like for our family? And so we've just been going through some real, like serious conversations yeah. and, um, you know, for me, it's been, uh, like I have worked with a lot of specialists and I'm doing well at this point. And, uh, you know, I'm working on some new medication, which is helping me quite substantially. And we're doing a whole bunch of other like modalities for pain management and symptom management, because there's multiple symptoms of this condition. So, um, but for me, it's been a, um, I think a, a processing of how do I still continue pursuing dreams mm. um, because I have some dreams that I would really love to like continue writing and continue like eventually I would love to do more speaking or like to can, can, like continue in some things that God has placed on my heart but then like how do I do that with like just the physical limitations and so we're you know I'm trying to figure that out processing it yeah. going through it and and walking yeah. through it mm. Yeah. Well, we're, we're right along with you praying for you and God has like, it's so evident in you, Rose, the way you speak and the way you pray for people Mm -hmm. and care for people. Like you have a voice that, you know, God just is using you so greatly. And, um, I know that 
he has used you so much and we are just believing with you mm-hmm. and praying for you and circling those dreams mm-hmm. with you as well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I do. And I feel it. I can, like, it really holds me through some really mm. pretty bad days. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you guys so much. I cannot tell you how much God has used you in just your stories, in speaking on these podcasts, in praying for people. So um, I just love you. I'm, I'm excited for season two, where you guys are going to be back with more topics and more interviews with other people. Um, so I'm excited for that. I have some exciting things lined up with some women who have been in ministry like for 40 years. Wow. That's awesome. Where they have raised three kids who are still walking with the Lord. And I'm like, teach me. Yeah. Help me. So some great interviews lined up and, um, yeah, so fun, exciting things coming, but thank you guys for all that you do. And I love you. I love you too. We love you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. All right. We will see everybody in season two. Actually come back next week for one last episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in today. I hope that you were blessed. We are going to be wrapping up season one. Next week is our final episode of this season. I sit down with Caitlin Elliott and in a twist of events, Caitlin is going to interview me. She's going to just ask me some of the hard questions that I ask other women. And you're going to get to see some of my heart for joy for ministry and why I'm so passionate. So it's definitely different being in the hot seat. But I'm so excited that I could share with you some of my vision and our vision for this ministry. See you next week.